Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say hello to all my friends here. Um, I'm so glad to see you. And some of you I've met through international. Some of you I've met through regional. Some of you I've met on the new meeting. So you're all my family. And if I don't know you yet, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Um, just a couple of things before I get started. Um, the idea for this talk actually came from a Zoom meeting I was on last Thursday. There's a gentleman on here that um, I love dearly, and he has a meeting twice a week, and sometimes I get to go there. And during this meeting, this word despair just kind of jumped out at me. And then as soon as I got off my phone from that meeting, I had got this message from Luke wanting me to do a speaker meeting. And, you know, it was just like right then and there. Okay, that's that's my talk today, despair, my greatest gift. I didn't even have to think about it. And then I and then I went into myself and I started thinking, well, maybe you could think about something better, you know, something more appealing. And then uh, God came back and he said, no, this is what you need to do. So here I am with uh, despair, my greatest gift. And so that's where that came from just a few days ago. And then the other thing I wanted to share about this was um, over the weekend, Father's Day weekend, my family and I actually watched the movie. It was on Amazon Prime, and it was uh, My Name is Bill W. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It was an uh, actual movie, not a documentary. So I loved it. And there was a couple of times that, I mean, it was a really emotional movie for me because I could so connect with Bill and his wife and the people in the show. But two points that I thought about when I was uh, thinking about what I wanted to share today. And uh, one was the toll of excitement when um, he got someone new. So there was a scene where he went to the hospital and him and Dr. Bob were together and um, they, the, the gentleman didn't know if he wanted to uh, for them to come back. And so they're walking away, walking outside, and he yells back at them and says, hey, are you going to be back tomorrow? And both Dr. Bob and Bill were like in the hallway just like so excited because they're like, yes, maybe we have one. And so that's kind of how I feel when I get to talk to people in the program uh, about my experience. And then the other thing that I learned at the end of the movie, which I've learned this from um, a female sister actually on this call that she shared with me once, you know, she's like, God speaks through me. And I thought, you know what, put all humility aside, put all ego aside, because what I have today is only God's grace and only through him and only a true miracle. 
So that's what I wanted to share at the very beginning. And so last night, I couldn't hardly sleep because all of these things were whirling through my mind that I wanted to share today. And I was like, okay, I've got to get some sleep. It'll be okay. Um, I'm one of those people that uh, like to think that I can write down notes and then go back and remember everything, but it doesn't work that way because it's not, it's not my ideas anyway. So, but I, I do try and have a little bit of an outline. So, what my awareness was this morning was talking about this thing about despair. And I thought, you know, despair of, you know, hitting a bottom, despair of living in a dark tunnel, despair of unworthiness, despair of insanity, of doing the same things over and over again, you know, expecting a different result. I love that definition. Um, the despair of unmanageability. And at the time, I didn't even know what unmanageability looked like. Um, so with all of that, I started thinking, you know, it's not, I mean, yes, of course, it's despair of the acting out behaviors. But what came to me was what's underneath all of that. And I know the big book talks a lot about spiritual malady. And so that's kind of where I started going with this whole thought process just this morning. And so I got to thinking, you know, spiritual malady. So I'm trying to solve and have a life before recovery when my whole life is just one big absence of spirituality. That's what, that's where I came from. And, you know, in my faith tradition, we call ourselves like lukewarm. You know, if you just show up on Sunday and just go through the motions, and that's where I was. And in the white book, they also talk about, you know, the God of uh, like being a Santa Claus. You know, like I would pray you know, and ask for things, but never willing or even having the, uh, the knowledge of having willingness to um, listen for what he wanted for me. And so that's kind of where I come from. And so with all that being said, I kept thinking about spiritual malady underneath all of the behaviors. So when I looked back at despair, this is some of the things that I thought about just this morning. You know, my despair was fueled by grief, unwillingness, resentment, fear, dishonesty, anger, unwilling to forgive, discord, error, doubt, darkness, sadness, selfishness, uselessness. It's a long list, and there's many more. And so... This, this all just came this morning, which is just totally amazing to me that, you know, once again, why do I even need to prepare for anything? Because it's just going to happen. And so this morning during um, my meditations with my husband, the prayer of St. Francis just came to my mind. I haven't thought of that prayer for a long time, but I knew that there was, um, you know, talking about despair being without hope. And so that prayer came to me. And so I started looking at it from the 12 and 12 and thinking about all of the things 
that's in that prayer that was part of my despair. You know, all of the spiritual malady. Um, so that's where that came from this morning. I honestly hadn't even thought about that for a very long time. And the other thing that I'll end with later is, you know, I love the promises and the big book. And, you know, we will not, we will not regret the past or wish to shut the door on it, which leads into the next part is, you know, how is despair a gift? And, and I will tell you at the beginning, I would have never thought that, nor would I have believed that if I would have heard that from anyone because I was so hurt. There was so much pain and suffering, you know, during that time of just complete brokenness, despair, that I didn't see, I didn't see any light yet. Um, I didn't see any goodness yet. All I saw was a lot more pain and a lot more suffering and didn't have a clue where this whole thing was going to go. And so I thought about it and I thought just again today, how many steps are wrapped up in this whole idea of, you know, the spiritual malady that I suffered and with this despair as a gift idea, what I was thinking is that step two, that I came to believe that there's a power greater than myself. Because when I was not in recovery, I lived by that list of things that I read earlier. That's where I lived. Um, I've told this to family and other people, you know, I felt like I always was in like this tunnel and it was very dark and all of these things I was weighted down by would keep pushing me down. And then, you know, I would get a little glimmer of hope somewhere had to be God, my higher power wouldn't have known that at the time, but I would, I would come up. And then life would hit or my defects would kick in and it would just push me all the way back down into that dark tunnel. So I always felt like I was just trying to climb out of this hole. So in recovery, um, you know, one of the things I did hear this, you know, it's like um, a couple of things. There, there's only 12 steps, you know, just come out of the hole. You don't, there's only 12, just keep coming up. So that I love. And then I heard the other day, well, actually a long time ago about, you know, rock bottom is when you're tired of digging. And I was definitely tired of digging. And uh, I just love all the little slogans because they, they help me out so much. So going into what we look at is the solution to all of these things. I mean, I could have a list of a hundred things that brought despair to my life or that contributed to my bottom. But once again, it's all my spiritual malady, the absence of. And so what I've learned in this program is that this becomes a gift because I get to help other people. And that's going back to the movie with Bill W. He, he loved 
helping other people to to listen to their story to you know be there to comfort to have empathy and compassion for another human that is just hurting and 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 seeing nothing but darkness and no way out to have that experience to take to another sexaholic or another drunk of any kind there is no other gift to be on that side of recovery to help another person you know i'm so thankful for all of the um other drunks and sexaholics and everyone that has gone before me to um, give this gift to me because that's what it is i truly believe now that um you know, I was, I was chosen to um, be given this gift. Now, it's always been there. I just wasn't willing to um, take myself out of the picture and to listen and to learn. Um, Angie, you have, you have about five minutes left just to let you know. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Thanks. I didn't set a timer, so thank you. Um, so anyway, I guess what, what I really want to say is the gift for me of despair is being to help another person. And I've been given that opportunity lots of times through, you know, talking to people. Um, I have several sponsees and I have sisters and brothers in this program that, I mean, those, those people are gifts to me that I never had before. And we were talking, I can't remember the conversation, but um, it was another recovery meeting actually. And I was talking about, you know, I don't really have the desire to really have friendships outside of recovery because those are all superficial. I can't fully share myself, let alone the gifts that I've learned in this program, maybe in a lighthearted way. And I can sure um, give, you know, maybe light examples, but to be able to uh, fully be authentic with a group of people and to sponsees, I mean, there is no greater gift, at least for me. So I encourage you no matter where you are in your recovery, to uh, stay on the path. It's, it's the greatest gift you'll ever have. It's the greatest gift that you can give others. Um, I'm just, I just have a lot of gratitude and thankfulness uh, to share. I do know what hopelessness looks like. I do know what total despair looks like, but with working the program, getting a sponsor, going to meetings, and practicing your faith tradition, whatever that may be, the God of your understanding, um, and one day at a time, you will, um, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that you'll receive the gift. So, Daniel, I think I'll just end there. And um, thank you for letting me be here today. I have a lot of gratitude. Thanks. 
Thank you very much, Angie. Much appreciated. Thank you. Um, so this is the speaker portion of the meeting. Now the, the floor is now open to share, or you may ask a question of Angie. In sharing, we avoid explicit sexual descriptions, sexually abusive language, and specific places or circumstances. And the emphasis is always on honesty, recovery, and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and traditions in our daily lives. When sharing, try to end in the solution. We do not interrupt others and do not discuss. Uh, we ask that members with more than 30 days of sobriety share first. If there's time left, I'll give a signal and then members with less than 30 days can share. And I will add that uh, newcomers, please, if you haven't had a chance to share, stay afterwards because we have virtual coffee and there's plenty of conversation. It's almost like a second meeting. Um, so stick around after. Uh, today, let's limit our shares to one minute. I know that's really short, but maybe you can make a comment or a share or a question of Angie within that one minute. And I'll let you know with the sound when your time's up. Um, so let's go ahead and, and open it for shares. First come, first serve. Hi, this is uh, Francis from the UK. Angie, thanks very much for that share. And it's just what I needed to hear because I can fully identify with your vision view of a dark tunnel because that's where I think I am at the moment and just seeing the glimpses of light. So it was really good for me to actually hear you say that and it's given me a lot of hope, a lot of courage, a lot of experience and strength. So thank you very much. Thanks, Francis. I'm Will, I'm a sexaholic. And um, I wanted to, I, I noted that despair for me is when I continue to try to use things beyond my control to solve my problems. Of course, I lose hope because that never works. And the focus needs to be on the things I have control over, which is myself uh, and surrender. And uh, when I do that, despair tends to leave. Thanks. Coming for you. Not a car. No. Maria Joel, Vendas. Hi, this is Wendy in Colorado. I'm a sexaholic, and I just want to um, thank you, Angie, for once again um, bringing God into my life through your words. Um, I can't express enough how inspiring it is to hear how you've helped so many people and continue to do so. You are definitely... Um, one of my closest friends in this program. Ah, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'll just say I love you and thank you so much for your share. Love you, Wendy. Thanks for being here with me. Yeah, this is Gene. I'm a sexaholic. Hi. Hi, Gene. Hi. Yeah, I remember you coming into our rooms and, uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, just you and your husband and just the fear on your face. I, I knew that despair. I could see that in your, in you. And, uh, it was, I can relate to it. And, and I love the way you describe uh, Bill W and his response, he and Dr. Bob to a, a newcomer coming in that I feel that often myself. And, 
that, that there's nothing like that to me in recovery. And, and I love your use of the 11th step prayer today, the St. Francis prayer. That's uh, one of my favorites too. Now, anyway, thank you for your share today and thanks for uh, being a part of my life. And uh, I love being a part of your life. And uh, when I see you in September, I don't know how that thing's going to work out, but yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Justin. I am a sexaholic and grateful to be here. Uh, first time in this meeting. Um, grateful to be invited to come and watch Angie speak. Anyways, I just wanted to share a little bit of my own um, experience. The first four and a half years of my sobriety, I lived in step 12, which was a great place to live. Um, my, my recovery was not stale or anything like that. But about six months ago, I ran and I met Angie along with a few other people um, in a project I was doing. And her and she and a couple other people introduced me to some um, additional resources that have really just set my recovery on fire. Um, the step two inventory from step into action is a crazy, awesome way to get to know God as he really is, or at least as I should understand him. And then a uh, concept of two-way prayer, conscious contact with God has just revolutionized my own um, recovery, my own uh, healing. And I'm really grateful for that and grateful for these opportunities to learn from others and to share with others. And with that, I will pass. Justin, sexaholic. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, this is Uttash from India. Hi, Angie. And I just want to say this, that uh, it was my first meeting at Dennis and I uh, saw Angie and she was, I think, at work and she went to the car and, you know, uh, just, you know, like she, she tried to attend the meeting and, and that was really, you know, like something else for me because I've never seen someone, you know, uh, this... Uh, you know, had commitment to, you know, like to the sobriety or something like that. So that inspires me, you know, like, and uh, thank you, Angie, for sharing. And thank you all for having me. Thank you. Hey, Angie, this is Dennis. How are you doing, sister? <laughs> I, uh, I have been blessed to get to spend the last three years that I've got to know you on meetings and working and service projects with you. And uh, it has really been a blessing and getting to have lunch with you and your husband when we uh, got to see you down there in Seattle. Um, I think what I really like, that how, you've, how God has helped me through you is to move forward into deeper recovery. Um, boy, your despair has been replaced with a, a new way of living, and uh, you've been a real blessing in my life, and I just want to thank you for that. I know we only have a minute, um, but um, I thank God for you. And I look forward to continue walking this road of happy destiny with you. Take care. Hello, it's Mona. Thank you uh, for your sharing. I appreciate Wendy when she's talking about her uh, meditation in the morning and share her experience through it um, with uh, her husband. I love it. Uh, you know, uh, none of my uh, family members are in any 12-step recovery program. And I hope they find theirs, uh, what fits them uh, through. I will not mind because uh, I think uh, everyone who is uh, beside me needs a 12-step program. But it is uh, only my desire. And thank you. Thank you. Hi, Angie. This is Luke, sexologist. Thank you for your share. Um, I love the, the topic. 
I remember that one of the acronyms of, of God, G-O-D, is gift of despair. And I, I received the gift of despair, God. Or I received God in the form of the gift of despair also some years ago. And even now, this gift of despair is, is helping me through the, the difficult moments and the difficult feelings. And I'm very grateful for that because without that gift of despair, I would give it up sometimes or go out back there or think that outside there is still something promising. But I had it all and I was completely suicidal. So I'm very grateful for this gift of despair. And uh, also, today I read in one of the stories of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that the guy said the, 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 the one thing, the most important thing that I learned in AA was the word we. And this is a we program. And when I just heard you say to Dennis, love you and love you, brother, it's so amazing because we are a family. Yeah. And, and that's what's keeping me sober also, this family feeling. So thank you. Yeah, let's go ahead and open uh, up for people with less than 30 days of sobriety. Feel free to share as well. Uh, this is Brent. Am I being heard? You sure are. Go ahead, Brent. Uh, Angie, thanks for your share. Um, is it Daniel? Thank you for your leadership. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just cracked open the AAs 12 and 12, and I was looking for, uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, many less desperate alcoholics tried AA but did not succeed because they could not make the admission of hopelessness. That's on page 23 of uh, step one in AAs 12 and 12. Many less desperate alcoholics tried AA but did not succeed because they could not make the admission of hopelessness. And uh, it's interesting. I've been, uh, I'm in my first 30 days again in, in SA. Uh, I have a little over 90 days sober in AA and I just started Codependence Anonymous. Uh, I have over 25, 30 years experience in recovery worked the steps all the way through the last time in AA about 10 years ago. Um, I've had, you know, brief periods of recovery in AA followed always by still worse relapse. Never had uh, more than 59 or 60 days sober in SA, but at, at 50, I just turned 50 uh, a day after my dad died last fall. And, uh, um, you know, it's it just takes what it takes. Uh, you know, when I first came to SA and AA, I was a young, a young, I was a kid, and uh, I could identify. I certainly identified with everybody uh, on a visceral level, but I I had not yet uh, done a lot of the things that we need to do in terms of the, uh, you know the the unmanageability. Um, Brent, so Brent, if yep. you could go ahead and I'm sorry, we have to, there's so many people. If you could wrap oh, yeah. up that great and feel free to stick around afterwards to share more. Yeah. Thank you. I was surprised. Uh, nobody had, had, had given me a warning or anything. Sorry for sharing so long. 
<laughs> That's all right. No, no worries. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. My name is Paul. I'm a sexaholic. And I had a quick question for Angie. I, I kind of I follow Angie and um, and Dennis and people when they talk about um, relationships. And I'm just wondering, like, do you have a guideline for people if they're only an SA, like when they should start looking at those other fellowships, like um, Al-Anon or HCUA or CODA, like? Should somebody have six months or a year sober before they look into that? Hey, Bo. Glad you're here. Um, well, I can only share from my own experience. And, of course, in program, um, and I share this with others, you know, I need to complete the program that's going to kill me first. And in my case, it, it was um, Sexaholics Anonymous. And so what I've learned and, you know, I've attended Al-Anon meetings. I've attended AA meetings. Um, I've attended CODA meetings. And I'm blessed that my spouse is in Al-Anon, so I'm really familiar with that program. So I guess what I want to say is this. All 12 programs, all 12-step programs work the same. So when I got to a place where I fully can understand what step one looks like, then I am ready to uh, look at other issues. I have not completed the steps in, uh, in those other programs, but through my work in here and by, you know, just attending other meetings, I've been able to be powerless over other people, over places, situations, things, what, whatever it is, because ultimately, for me, when I surrender all, then that's everything. If I try and control, fix, or manage, then I'm not surrendered and I'm not powerless. So that's kind of how I look at it, but I would definitely encourage to finish the 12 steps here first, and then, you know, See where God leads you next. Thanks, Angie. Hmm. Tiago, can I share? Go ahead, Tiago. Yeah, Angie, thanks so much for share. Uh, I'd like to ask you, like, when things are not go the way you want it, uh, you know, and uh, you feel that, you know, God is asking you for something that you really didn't want it to happen, what do you do? Don't you shut off? Don't you shut up to God, you know, because that's my problem, you know, sometimes I just shut, shut up my contact with him. And then I'm in great danger, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> 13 days sober, so thank you. Yes, that's a great question. And, and I wanted to talk about that during my talk because, you know, I am human and um, I still get caught in my head and I can still ruminate and I can still forget that God's there right there with me. Um, but thankfully, he's also there with a two by four. And I do get conked on the head um, when I finally realize that I'm miserable again, that I am a despairing again um, when I feel like uh, what am I going to do thankfully um, my willingness to continue a meeting 
I try and do a meeting every day or sponsorship or call my sponsor, some, some sort of connection, because what that does is that it does keep me in conscious contact. When I eliminate any of those things, then I am in trouble. And I mean, I've, I've had that experience in the last couple of weeks with just stress and life. And, and here's the thing. Whenever I put anything before him, then I am distracted. And when minute I'm distracted, you're right. He's not present anymore because guess what? I'm back in my own will again and I'm miserable. It's just it's that simple. So the quicker I get back to program, surrendering and powerlessness, then guess what? He's right there. He's ready. It's me. It's always me that steps away. Never him. I hope that helps. It does one day at a time. I think I can yes. one day at a time. Thank you, Angie. Thank you. And I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.